Hi, this is Eric Y. Chen, host of the Y Factor podcast, where I interview entrepreneurs, CEOs, and individuals on how they got started in their business. I take a deep dive to understand their journey through life, uncovering their purpose, and most importantly, discussing their whys. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hey everybody, this is Eric Y. Chen for um, the Y Factor podcast. Today I have my good friend and guest, Sharon Sung. Hello. <laughs> um, don't be shy, you can say, okay. <laughs> say hello louder. Um, super excited to have you on board because I, I've actually, I don't know if you know, but I've been following your journey uh, for the longest time, right? So you pretty much consider yourself as... Uh, a digital nomad mm-hmm. in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd love to have you kind of explain your background, who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, so basically in May of 2016, I quit my job and I traveled for about two years um, as a digital nomad. And during that time, I was working on building passive income streams online. I uh, was able to basically average around $4,000 a month uh, in passive income. Um, I think the great thing was that um, despite the travel expenses, was able to like save money after that whole two years. And during uh, my journey, I blogged about my um, progress and kind of like try to teach people how to make money online as well. So that's kind of what I do on Digital Nomad Quest. I try to teach people how to um, live a financially free and location independent life. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to or a lot of people refer to as, as FIRE now, right? I feel like the FIRE movement kind of emphasizes being frugal a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like for me, I try to emphasize increasing the income side of things, but it's still kind of the same thing, right? Like you're trying to um, retire early so that you can kind of like live um, kind of freely, design your life type of thing. The fire concept is just more of a modest lifestyle. Maybe. I mean, I guess like people have different takes on it. Mm -hmm. So maybe my take is just like a little different, but the concept's the same, like uh, retire early, be Mm -hmm. financially free. Yeah. And basically building up all of this like income streams for for yourself right yeah that's what i'm doing so yeah. i mean other people they're trying to save money and then they're trying to um like basically save like 70 percent of their income or more mm-hmm. and then uh retire that way so i i don't know if they're as focused on building up other income streams but mm-hmm. that's kind of what my focus is you have a name for this concept that you're doing oh a name <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can come up with your own movement oh my gosh i'm not sure but i just call it the being financially free, being location independent. Um, I started off with the idea of Digital Nomad Quest Mm -hmm. as like I was thinking I would just travel forever. But I mean, I ended up coming back to the Bay Area after um, the two years of travel. I'm like working full time now. Um, So I'm doing the passive income stuff on the side. Um, So maybe in the future I will like go back out again, but it's more about having the freedom to do what you want. Like if I want to take that day job, I can, or if I want to leave, I can. So. Yeah. So what the, the beauty of it is that over the course of two years of you traveling, you're able to build up all these income streams passively. And then now that you're back in the Bay area, you have a full-time job, but you're also just consistently collecting $4,000 of passive income. Yeah, I mean, I think like it has gone down slightly, but I'm trying to work on building up my brand more and 
um, increase that amount again. But it's kind of nice that I have like the full-time job as well as the side income. So I don't have to worry, like I uh, have stable income and then I can work on the thing on the side. Um, and then when I'm ready, when I've built up that passive income to maybe like 10, 20K a month or something, I can maybe like leave again in the future and do what I want. With- and that'll be enough for you to be comfortable and just be able to travel around. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So going back to the two years before you you took off, what were you doing? Um, so I was working as a marketing manager at another startup, um, but I wasn't really passionate about what I was doing. I was kind of working nine to five, being in an office every single day, and I've I've been doing that since uh, I graduated. So I just felt like I needed a change as well. And then before that, I did a solo Europe trip for a month um, in 2014. And I think that sparked a lot of um, motivation for me to learn about financial freedom and stuff like that. And that's kind of why I left. And because a lot of people, when I was abroad, I, I would see them kind of living their lives like trying to pursue their dreams, like really passionate about being present, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just felt like there was a lot more to life and I wanted to see that. and. Um, if I kind of started traveling and saw that it wasn't the life for me, at least I would know. Was there someone that was already, you know, traveling around the world, making passive income that you looked to, or was like a shining star or to, to pretty much see that this was even possible or you uh, yeah. just went on your own? Yeah. So I used to watch like these YouTube videos of like digital nomads. Um, I think like the six months leading to quitting and traveling I would I would just watch them and they'd be chilling in Bali and Chiang Mai and stuff like that like Chris the freelancer or um I don't even remember who else but there's a bunch of nomads right that blog about it or um YouTube about it and stuff like that and uh I would just be so inspired watching them Mm because they're just like you know if they felt like it they could just walk around and like do whatever go to the beach whatever so um yeah they're just in the videos they're just walking around with their laptop and you know video recording themselves on the beach right it's like yeah work from anywhere so i think i think back then when you did it it was it was still i would say earlier in the whole nomad phase right and now you have a lot of these companies like remote year for instance that are really pushing this agenda on like you can work from anywhere you can work from the beach if you have a full-time job we'll try to teach you how to convince your boss to let you work remotely and all these things right but you still have to pay into that program Mm. right and and then the other component in this whole movement is that like people are trying to convince other people that it is doable it's a lifestyle that you can achieve but then because of all the gurus the quote-unquote gurus Mm. out there you can't really tell what is real and what's not right so um maybe you got in early i don't know that's um you know based on your experience but I think in, in terms of like 2019, mm-hmm. is that something people, sh- you know, should still go and pursue or this is something that they should be wary about? Is it achievable? Is it not? Like, what are the precautions, you know, people would have to take if they want to go into this lifestyle? I don't think there's such a thing of like, oh, it's too saturated or mm-hmm. something. I think everyone has the capability of doing it, especially because we have all these tools now and we can make money online. We you know, we can uh, seize this opportunity if we wanted to. Um, in terms of like what to do in order to prepare, um, for me, I would recommend saving at least like two years of expenses and to find out how much um, the expenses would cost, it would kind of require you to research 
where you're going to travel to and then kind of look on blogs to see like how much um, people end up spending in those countries. So that's what I did a lot. And it's actually very cheap to travel in a lot of the places. So mm-hmm. I think I ended up spending like 11000 something um, for like nine months. So it was like cheaper than renting in like you know, in San Francisco or something like that. Yeah, because you're saying it was $11,000 in expenses, basically living and food, um, assuming fun and activities and stuff. Yeah, even flights, like everything. So 11,000 can get you really far based on where you are in terms of a different country, right? And that's, I mean, for people in the Bay Area, that's that's not gonna cover rent really at all. So just being able to, maybe it'll cover rent, but then you still have to pay for food and and if you want to go out with your friends, that's already a lot of money. And so it's it's quite amazing to see like that you were actually able to do it. And you mentioned earlier that you actually made enough money while traveling and save up enough money while you were traveling too, right? I think a lot yeah. of people, they're thinking, okay, well, let me just make enough money to cover the expenses and then that's it. And so they don't think it's a sustainable model because you know people work so they can save money so they can eventually you know buy a house or support their family or you know put their kids to school. But you're able to prove that you can live this lifestyle and save money, you know, put it into your, your savings, right? Yeah, I ended up saving more than I spent. Um, and for example, like Chiang Mai cost me around 600 a month for everything. Total. Yeah. Yeah. So I was there for maybe four months or so. And, you know, I was making way more than that. So all of that just like goes into saving and investments and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, also, I would say for me, I took like two two or three freelance positions um, remotely before I quit. So I kind of knew I had the safety net, but I'm pretty risk averse. So like I'm different from other people. Like I know some other people who have traveled to Chiang Mai with like $500 in their pocket mm-hmm. and a dream and they're swinging it. So um, I'm not like that. I'm very like meticulous and I'm trying to like make sure I'm safe. So I actually booked six months of accommodations and flights before I even left so like I had everything planned out Mm -hmm. very well and then um, I already started working on passive income streams like Etsy and um, I I dabbled with like Kindle and stuff like that but Etsy became a main source as like my first passive income stream Um, I, I, I feel like being a digital nomad you can actually leverage like the low expenses by um, you know like you travel to all these places and then you you can like work in cafes and like actually you know focus on your business and then not have to worry too much about finances actually like you can save a lot of money just going back to what you brought up just now about you being risk averse right yeah. a, a lot of people would think that if they were to quit their job and go travel around the world that is the riskiest thing you could yeah. even do right mm-hmm. and just going there without a plan and not knowing what your future lies ahead that in itself is really scary and what they would think is as risky right so yeah. what are some of the ways that you're able to prevent that risk i mean you mentioned you you know kind of plan everything ahead but mm-hmm. like what were some other things that helped you in your own mindset to say like me doing this isn't going to be as risky as yeah. you know, people might think it yeah but- finances is like the number one first make sure you're covered with savings make sure you have Um, some cash flow coming in maybe if you're very risk averse. Um, Again, some people don't even care about that. They just go. Um, And then let's see. How much would you say it would be enough just to even get started? 
Um, it just, I think it really depends where you're going. So some countries are pretty expensive, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to places like um, Greece, Romania, Portugal, um, Korea, like Taipei and stuff like that, and Southeast Asia. Um, so a lot of n- new digital nomads recommend Chiang Mai, Bali, and like, is it Medellin or something like that in Colombia? Yeah, but, um, you know, those are like good starting places because there's a lot of um, expats there and it's known as like digital nomad capitals. Um, so I would say next, besides like finances, um, it's kind of like safety. So um, safety and like friends kind of thing. So um, for me, I use sites like Nomad List um, and like Facebook groups to kind of um, get some information about these countries, how much it would cost. Um, they have like these charts on each country that say like how safe it is and how much things cost. So um, they also have like a Slack channel on Nomad List where mm-hmm. um, I use that a lot to make friends while I was abroad. So um, that's a good resource. And I also made a lot of friends through Facebook groups. So um, once you settle in there, you kind of want to like get a schedule going and like friends that are in similar situations as you. That's kind of how I went about it. I, I would go on Facebook groups, be like, hey, like anyone in um, Romania or Bucharest or whatever, like who wants to meet up? And, um, and you I, just meet at a public cafe, so you're not gonna oh, you know, yeah. get like catfished and, and kidnapped or anything, <laughs> right? Well, usually I meet up with a group of people mm-hmm. and like people be like, I'm down, I'm down, whatever. And I, I still talk to some of uh, the nomad friends I have like to this day, like I'm yeah. really close to some of them. Um, so it's actually really cool because uh, I feel like you kind of meet a lot of similar-minded people that want to be um, financially free and location independent while you're journeying. Um, I'm very grateful that I took the journey. Um, so you, yeah. So you were talking about um, part of the preparation was if you can or if it's possible to get some type of income in as well before you go out, right? To have mm-hmm. a little bit of that safety net. And you mentioned Etsy, right, mm-hmm. as a platform that helped you, you know, pretty much fuel this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, what or what are some of the things that people could explore selling on Etsy? So in terms of like passive income that you can do remotely, there's sort of the digital uh, download side as well as print on demand. So uh, digital downloads is what I started doing. I started selling like Photoshop templates and Microsoft Word templates. So I would like kind of design these different templates and whenever um, people purchase, like I basically make that profit and they would buy these templates and they put in um, their information or whatever so that like they just use the design of my templates. And when you say templates, because I was completely blown away when you told me that (laughs) you were selling digital products, um, you're talking about like a template as in if it's like a resume template yeah that right? too yeah you can do that That's so there's so many different ones like you can do wedding cards wedding invitations um like photographers need like um different designs for marketing for them so like they would call it like mini sessions and marketing boards and stuff like that so um i would create these different templates and then you know these people would buy it and it would help um, their business or whatever and um, it was just like a very easy way to make money and also it was very enjoyable making these templates because I really like doing design type of work um, so yeah I'm actually um, coming out with like a course later mm-hmm. on Etsy teaching people how to make passive income through digital downloads um, but yeah also there is the print on demand side where uh, people 
um, let's see, they partner with companies like Printful where they fulfill and print their orders for like custom apparel and stuff like that. So people would put up a design and then they can print it on like shirts and mugs or whatever. And um, when someone purchases it, they don't need to own the inventory. Like Printful will just ship uh, the products to them. So that's another avenue worth exploring. Uh, my course will be focused on the, the digital download side. Uh, Etsy was such a great like first passive income stream for me and kind of gave me that motivation that this is possible. Yeah, yeah amazing. So. You mentioned that in order to travel around, you, you want to make friends and have kind of a community around you. Um, even when I I took off and traveled around Europe for a few months, it's it's always a, a scary, you know, thought to like be on your own to travel solo, right? And so I can only imagine it's a lot scarier, or tougher for a female to go off on their own, right? Because you're kind of trained or conditioned that the world is is not safe right yeah. and so for a lot of girls who may be listening to this like was there something that in your mind that you were scared of or that you had to overcome to even go on this journey to like go solo i did it like in 2014 before mm -hmm. um and yeah i think people are very like scared of traveling solo as a girl but i find that if you kind of just travel safely like how you normally would with daily life right you're not going to go out alone at night and getting you know? wasted and yeah, stuff like that. out yeah I, I feel like you just need to be careful like how you normally would um but i feel like i didn't go to places like south america and like india or something by myself as a girl because i just hear that like people have bad experiences with that. Mm -hmm. um, I would want to go with like a group or something like that there. So I still think there are places that you would need to be cautious of. And sites like Nomad List will kind of help with that. You can um, go on like forums and things like that and ask like what it's like in those places. So um, I think it's totally doable now like for anyone to go travel wherever. And because you can uh, access people online, right? You can just um, find friends easily, find information easily. Uh, so it's not as like scary as people think. When you were traveling, you know, before you even came back, I would read your your blogs too. I, I think I started when I began my travels as well, right? Just to get a better understanding of, you know, what the opportunities are out there. And I, I found it really cool that you discuss even the mental preparation and things that you go through while you're traveling or even building out these incomes, right? Because it's it's not easy, right? Mm -hmm, and yeah. I think I've been following you since the very beginning when you're only making a few hundred bucks mm -hmm. a month, right? And to see how far you've come over the past two, two years, it's amazing to see your progress, right? Thank you. <laughs> so basically, I mean, you've you spent all this time, um, you know, to build out your passive income and then to come back. I mean, it, it's been really really awesome to see that right and so i know you came back to kind of go back into a routine you already had an income and you're saving money while you're traveling like mm -hmm. what was the decision for you to also come back yeah um, so i found that because i was trying to build passive income while i was traveling it was like i wasn't focusing on like one or the other of live life or hustle right mm -hmm. so uh, I felt like I wasn't doing enough on either side. It was kind of weird. Um, I also, when I was in Chiang Mai, I felt like a lot of expats were kind of just trying to chill there. So like they just wanted enough to cover their expenses and like just chill on the beach or whatever. Um, and I just felt like uh, the Bay Area has this energy of ambitious entrepreneurial people like trying to make impact. So I felt like 
um, at this age, I kind of want to um, still be in that hustle mode. I don't want to like um, give that up. Coming back here, it was really nice to be around that energy of um, a lot of like entrepreneurial people. And um, it just kind of inspires me to do more as well. So I, I find that in myself right now that I'm hustling pretty hard because um, even though I'm taking a full-time job right now, I can still kind of hustle on the side. Um, and being around everyone inspires me as well as like they give me different tidbits, like tips and you know advice and stuff like that. And it, it helps being around here actually. I, I definitely feel the exact same way because when I took off to travel, I saved up enough money where I was like, I can just travel around for an indefinite period of time. Mm -hmm. And the plan was to do it for over a year, right? Just yeah. travel around. But after two and a half to three months, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm building out, you know, my Amazon business. And I was like, well, I want to be able to do more. And so I decided to come back and I was like, okay, well, now I want to focus on actually building something so much bigger yeah, that exactly. would allow me to have like a true, true freedom um, to be able to travel in the way that I want to travel versus yeah. just like, you know, relaxing every day on a beach yeah, type of thing, exactly. right? I think that in itself will get tired eventually and people will still need to find a purpose or something mm -hmm. to really drive them or fuel their creativity. And so that's why I ended up coming back um, to try to build out a, you know, a bigger business to sustain yeah. that. So definitely feel that right with you. And then, like you said earlier, once you work on this business and continue building out your passive channels and then by mm -hmm. all means then you'll be able to go and continue traveling yeah. whenever you want it's like i kind of want to get to a, like another level right now and i feel like it's best for me to do it here hustle really hard and then if i feel like going out again um i would so i mean i actually have this friend who he's been traveling for three or four years with his girlfriend and he was a, like the founder of caviar so mm -hmm. it's kind of like he hustled super hard on this project and now he has the freedom to do that but also have some passion projects on the side and i think that's kind of my um, ideal life in the future um, hustle really hard and focus on creating impact as well as like pursue my own passions and then um you know have the freedom to be wherever would you say that the people who you know, they they think in their head, it's like, well, if I just make, you know, $2,000 a month or $5,000 a month, and if I was doing that passively, then I would be happy and I would be able to just travel around the world and do that lifestyle, right? Like, what is the difference between people who have that thought process versus, say, you now at this point, you're like, no, I want to do more. I want to push myself. I want to create bigger goals and, you know, forego that lifestyle to be able to go out and achieve that. Like, And I feel like both are different ways of living and they're both great um, because I um, I wish I were a little bit more like content you know where <laughs> like I don't need to strive for more sometimes but at the same time there's a part of me who wants to like live to my full potential and things like that and uh, be useful and impactful so uh, I think there's benefits to both sides so I can't be like one is better than the mm -hmm. other why do you choose to pursue the <laughs> bigger goals i feel like i've always been wired that way but i think uh it's kind of like we've given this uh privilege of life like we should use it to our full advantage we shouldn't just like not do anything um actually when i was um traveling in 2014 um 
I remember I stayed at this Airbnb and this host was not doing anything, just smoking and drinking and collecting the Airbnb and unemployment checks and not doing anything with his life kind of thing. Or it kind of was alarming for me. Of I want to be more of a person who can help other people um, really make change. I don't want to just like just waste my life. I, I mean, some people see that as a cush lifestyle, right? You get to relax and just collect paychecks yeah, and, and sit around. that's true. I, I guess I don't want to be on that total extreme of not doing anything but i can appreciate the side of um, being you know grateful and um, content with life and not needing more so yeah it's kind of like a balance i think Mm -hmm. you need with the two so i hope that i can achieve that balance in the future yeah no amazing um so for for the listeners out there you know sharon mentioned that she has a course that will be coming out very soon if not already by the time you're listening to this. And where is it going to be? Is it Digital Nomad Quest? Yeah, you're going to be able to find it on Digital Nomad Quest. I'm going to have like a course section in the blog, so you'll be able to see it. Amazing. So if you guys are listening up until this point, you guys will know that uh, for for guests of the Y Factor podcast, we typically will try to help with promotions and discounts for you know the courses or products that these awesome entrepreneurs sell so definitely go to the website to check it out um, see what the discount and pretty much the perk is going to be um, once it's released and um, we'll go from there is there anything else you want to you want to say to the audience uh should i think of some like motto real quick (laughs) no it's just like most people just say thank you awesome thank you for having me on the y factor podcast it was really fun um speaking here so thanks eric awesome thanks thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys on the next episode thank you so much for listening until the very end you can find more information about my guest on the website at yfactorpodcast.com i'll provide any links and promo codes that were mentioned in the interview A full transcription of the interview is also available on the website. Share with your friends and tune in next time for another episode of The Y Factor.